Hi, hooray. Hello, everybody. Hi. Hi. It's so nice to hear your face. Oh, I wish I could. S- thank you. I put on my, my extra sultry voice for you today. You did? Yeah, I'm just like. I'm going to try out this. Ooh, keep it. I love that. Keep that it. one. I want to keep yes. it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I'm I'm got a stuffy nose and like um, not it's not a dry cough in case anyone's wondering it's a very productive cough. So <laughs> yeah, I've got some post nasal drip. I'm a little just runny. Um, it's so tricky because now is a time of year that most of our faces are leaking anyway. Right. Hooray. So. Like, oh, yeah. Well, here we are, back with your your podcast for 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 people whose souls feel like they had a hot <laughs> McDonald's coffee poured on them. <laughs> here we are, and we are hoping that there are just as many of you as there were uh, the other day. Oh no! <laughs> Genuinely, is that too dark? Did I go too no, no, dark? No, no, Shit. <laughs> I mean, we don't laugh, we cry. It's a dark time. It's fine. That's right. That's right. It literally, yeah, literally the other day, I was like, as soon as we ended, I was like, I'm going to go take a shower. And then I started crying and I'm like, uh-oh, oh. <laughs> better start editing again. Better start doing something that doesn't feel like terror. Cannot be alone with my feelings. <laughs> nope, 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 nope. <laughs> Shut it down. <laughs> this is a, this is a I... podcast about compartmentalizing <laughs> and about exploring various defense mechanisms and how they can work for you. That's right. <laughs> What is your favorite defense mechanism? What's mine? Ooh, denial for sure. <laughs> like right out of the gate, absolutely. Mine is humor. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's I'm a, so bad at that's it. That's a close second. I'm so, God, every time I'm like, let me not make a joke, then I make a joke because it hurts so badly inside and I can't help it. Oh, I'm like, oh. There's not one single funeral I've ever been to where I haven't cackled inappropriately in the corner. And had, like, the entire funeral <laughs> turn around and stare at me. And I'm like, oh, that's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, wow. Not while a eulogy was <laughs> happening or anything, you know. Yeah, no, well, right, right, of course. Just, yeah. Everything's hilarious. Um, Everything is hilarious. It has to it be, is. or it's awful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, people like the scary stories. People, like, we like the scary stories. We do like if the you scary all like stories. the scary stories, and we like them. This is a win-win situation, Come friends. Way. Coming at ya. <laughs> uh, I would. I don't have one specifically that I'm excited, super excited to jump into. But for those who are picking up in the middle of this for whatever reason, uh, Jen and I, in addition to our normal content, have been reading each other Jezebel scary stories to give each other something else to be scared about. Um, and you're reading from 2015, is that right? I am. 2015's, um, 10 Spookiest Scary Stories Jezebel Winners. Woohoo. Yeah. Actually, I'm reading from, I'm reading from the contributions. Oh, look at you. I know. I'm doing a deep cut. I love it. Um, you want to hear a creepy people one? Yeah. Okay. This is so weird. I don't know what this is all about, but it's so weird, and it's stuck with me for days, so I was like, maybe I'll share it with everyone nice. else. <laughs> mm. This is a little more, uh, it's from a user called Lilac Wine. This is a little more creepy, disturbing than scary, but it's still something that gives me chills when I think about it, and I try not to think about it very often. Hmm. From about 5th to ninth grade, my best friend Natalie and I were pretty much inseparable. We lived only a few streets away from each other in an idyllic little town in the Midwest. The kind of place that feels like a living time capsule of the 50s. Charming houses with beautifully kept gardens, huge old maple and oak trees lining every street, neighbors who actually stop and greet each other as they walk their dogs or mow their lawns, summer block parties, kids playing in the street until dinner time, that sort of thing. Wow. Natalie, I know, right? Like, giving me absolute FOMO at this moment in time. (laughs) Jesus. 
Natalie and I used to walk to and from school together every day, and I often stayed over at her house for an hour or two after school while my parents were still at work. I loved hanging out at her place because her mom was the sweetest person ever. She'd serve us delicious snacks, we'd tell her all about the latest middle school drama, and she'd even let us watch a TV show or play a computer game before we started homework. Natalie's dad worked a lot and wasn't around often, but whenever I did interact with him, something about him seemed off. (laughs) On a superficial level, he was perfectly nice and friendly, even funny. He had a great sense of humor and was always joking around with Natalie, me, and the rest of our friends on the few occasions that he was around. But even though I didn't sense a single bit of discomfort from any of my close friends, I couldn't help feeling uneasy in his presence. For one thing, he was a bit too touchy-feely. It was subtle, but I was always noticing it in little ways that made me slightly uncomfortable. Quick example, one weekend he took me and Natalie and two of our friends to a cider mill. We picked apples, drank cider, and went on a hayride. When the ride was over, Natalie's dad was helping each of us off the side of the wagon, and I was last in line. Something about the way he grabbed my friends by the waist and let his hands linger just a touch too long once they were safely on the ground started to weird me out. When it was my turn, I quickly jumped off the wagon before he could touch me. He looked a little bewildered, but he didn't say anything. (laughs) You're like, like, I can fly now! (laughs) (laughs) Geronimo! Bam! (laughs) Fast forward to Natalie's 12th birthday party. She had a sleepover with about 10 girls, and we arranged our sleeping bags on the floor of the living room since it was the biggest room in the house. The living room wasn't really closed off by any doors. It had a big opening that connected it seamlessly with the foyer front hallway of the house. I was sleeping near that hallway, which I wasn't pleased about, as I preferred to sleep surrounded by people whenever I went to sleep. Yeah, overs. no, I, I remember super... feeling that, too. Like, if you were the one who was, like, closest to the doorway, oh, and then it was just dark yeah. on the other side of the doorway. I remember that happening at my friend Kristen's place, where I was, like, it yes, was, like, a really yes. big opening, but it was still not, a, you know, it was, like, it looked like you could put mm-hmm. two French doors in it. Um, but it didn't have any doors. Right. And then it just was like yeah, it's an a fucking dark abyss on the other side of that. Oh. No. Nope. Nope. You cannot be the one monitoring the no, hallway. No, it's Absolutely not my not. job. I mean, if we're going to take shifts, that's Rule fine. number one. If we can take, we can take, we can do watches, <laughs> but we have to like talk about it beforehand. And I need a whole box of junior mints if I'm going to stay up. I just need you to know. Ooh. That's good. Can you get that in writing? Yes, it's my writer. <laughs> <laughs> In in the middle of the night, I'm awoken by a hand pressing on my arm. I didn't... I didn't jolt awake or anything, but I opened my eyes and turned my head to survey my fellow partygoers. They were all dead asleep, some even lightly snoring. Suddenly, I heard quiet giggling behind me. Still lying down and now officially frightened, I quickly turned my body to face the foyer. The opening in the wall that connected the living room and foyer was a big sweeping arch. Oh, yeah. On the right side of the arch, I could just barely see the top of a man's head peeking out from behind the wall, only about three feet from the ground. Oh, no. Then then I noticed his fingertips splayed out on the wooden floor. He was crouching. It was Natalie's dad. Giggling? I froze. He was giggling. Oh my god, what the what the what? I froze. I honestly had no idea what to do. Was he just kidding around? Didn't it occur to him how creepy this was? Do I say something or just awkwardly ignore it and try to fall back to sleep? Being my timid, non-confrontational preteen self, I decided to go the latter route. I turned back on my other side, scooted in as close as I could to my friend sleeping next to me, and somehow managed to fall back asleep, despite being obviously and understandably petrified. I'm not sure how long it was before I was woken up again, this time by a firm tapping on my temple. Knowing who it was this time around, I tried my best not to indicate that I was awake, struggling to keep my eyes closed and my breathing slow and deep. Again, I heard that same stifled giggling. 
The sound was particularly disturbing because it was almost manic, like he thought this whole routine was absolutely hilarious and could barely contain himself, even though it was coming from a grown man. It had all the giddiness of a five-year-old playing hide-and-go-seek with his older siblings. Yet again, I had no idea what to do. I wasn't sure if he wanted me to acknowledge him or what. I turned to face the foyer again and just barely caught a glimpse of his head and fingers disappearing behind the wall in that same crouched position. More giggling. I quickly turned back and scooted even closer into my sleeping friend, partially waking her and causing her to shift around a bit. I hoped she would wake up completely, but she just turned over and quickly drifted back off. As I pulled my sleeping bag tighter over my shoulders, I heard what sounded like someone shuffling on all fours down the hallway. I don't remember how I got back to sleep that night, but somehow I did, and morning finally mercifully arrived. Natalie's parents made us all pancakes, and her dad was acting completely normal. He didn't pay any particular attention to me, but didn't make a point to ignore me either, just interacted with me like he did everyone else, always smiley and jokey and friendly. Um, and then it gets even weirder. No, I want to murder him. A couple months later, Natalie had another sleepover. This time I made sure to secure a sleeping spot in the center of everyone far from the hallway. Yes, bitch. But later I that sleep under the puppy yes. everybody on top of me. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Never let me see anything. Uh, can't breathe even better. <laughs> but later that night, I abruptly woke up in the middle of a deep sleep for seemingly no reason. I'd been sleeping on my back and just suddenly opened my eyes and stared at the ceiling wide awake. Almost instantly, I was overcome with the most intense feeling of dread that I have ever experienced. I felt like I couldn't move my limbs, like some invisible weighted blanket was holding my body down. Even though I knew I shouldn't, I slowly turned my head towards the front hallway. As my eyes adjusted in the darkness, I could see Natalie's mom and dad standing in the entryway, looking at me directly with the most angry, hateful expressions on their faces. They were positioned awkwardly far from each other, about two feet of space between them, with their arms stiff and straight at their sides. Even... Mm-hmm. Even though they were a fair distance away from me, I'll never forget how disturbing their faces looked, contorted into pure rage that only seemed to grow in intensity the longer I allowed myself to look. Their eyes kept narrowing, and they were showing all their teeth the way a threatened dog would, gritting them so tightly that I thought their jaws would crack. After staring frozen for a good few seconds, I finally felt like I could move my arms and legs again. I quickly turned away from them and pulled my sleeping bag high up over my head, shaking. I barely slept the rest of the night, but I never heard any noise or movement from the hallway. The next morning, it was all homemade pancakes and warm smiles and utter normalcy yet again. I never told Natalie about any of this, and I was pretty sure she would think I was either crazy or trying to prank her. Our friendship quickly faded a few years later anyway, which was coincidentally right around the time her parents got divorced. Recently, Natalie's, uh, Natalie and her parents' divorce came up in a conversation with my mom, who told me about a comment Natalie's mom made to her years ago. Back when Natalie and I were still super close, we had taken a few small road, vacation, uh, road trip vacations together with our moms. I guess at some point on one of these trips, our moms were gossiping about a particularly wealthy and impossibly perfect family that lived in our neighborhood that had a reputation of being somewhat pretentious. Natalie's mom, skeptical about their apparent perfection, said, Well, in this neighborhood, you never know what goes on behind closed doors. <sighs> that comment is innocent enough, but for me, it adds an extra layer of creepiness given what I experienced with Natalie's parents. Nope. Nope. Both of them. What? Both of them. Both of them. Oh my god. Yeah. That sounds like it could be a little supernatural in nature. Yeah, like I mean, i I would have I would have said like may, if we were gonna go for benefit of the doubt, which we're I never do because I don't trust men very much. Um, trust your gut. <laughs> trust your I gut. Mean, it could Fuck be sleepwalking. Like 
Yeah, like sleep paralysis as well. Yeah. But especially given the um her previous experience and like how scary it would be going back into that. Oh, no, I meant him. Like I meant that maybe he actually did that but he was sleepwalking the first time. <gasps> oh, oh, oh. But not the second time with both of them. Holy fucking what? Like, maybe her experience a second time was an, a reaction to that. It doesn't matter. We don't need to game this out. It was fucking creepy, and I can't believe she went back to their house. I don't think I would have done that. Right? But it's hard to explain yeah. when you're 12. Nope. It's hard to explain to someone why all of a sudden. It's hard when you break up with a friend for, like we were talking about on the podcast, like, um, for normal reasons, and then having to explain to your mom. Because inevitably, yes. mine was like, oh, give Stephanie a second chance. She's really nice. When, in fact, my mom meant... Her mom will take you off my hands all the time, so don't fuck this up for me. <laughs> yes. Yes. Absolutely. Oh. Don't you dare complain. Okay, what you got? What you got? Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, this is from uh, a user named Jennifer. A user? Sure. Yeah, that's what they're called. Yeah. <laughs> uh I have a friend. Oh, by the way, I just want to mention, Jen actually did a little bit of like skimming through things and picked some of her favorites. Um, I'm just diving in and I'm just picking ones that look like... Uh, like I, they could like, be promising. Like keywords out. <laughs> yes. This one I picked because it has the word fedora in it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> winner, winner. Uh, I have a friend who I'd known for several years before she ever shared this story. It's stayed with me ever since. She grew up in an old Victorian in Illinois. Starting around when she was three or four, if she slept in her room alone, she would hear footsteps coming down the attic stairs and down the hall to her room. Into her room would come a man wearing a trench coat and an old-fashioned fedora. He never hurt her or spoke to her, but he would just sit on her bed and watch her. If if she screamed, he would put his hand over her mouth. (gasps) Her parents later said they heard muffled screams coming from her room. Oh, my God. Why wouldn't you go check that out? Why wouldn't you be like, oh, was that a muffled scream? <laughs> oh, who cares? It was just muffled, so I'm sure it's... <laughs> uh, oh. She would beg not to have to sleep in her room and often slept on the floor of her parents' room or with her brother, but she was too scared to tell anyone what was happening. Finally, after about three years, I think, he stopped coming and she never saw him again. In high school, she finally told her mother what had been going on. Her mother felt bad and tried to find out more about the history of the house. The only unusual thing they turned up is that the house had been owned for many years by a local dentist whose young daughter had died as a child. Whether she actually died in the house, I'm not sure. Fast forward 30-odd years, and my mother's friend runs into the woman that lives in the house now. My friend and her parents have since moved to the East Coast. They were like, later days. Uh, these were not the people they sold to, but, her, but acquaintances from the neighborhood. My friend doesn't know these people or have any contact with them. The mom and the current owner are chatting about the house, and the current owner says that her granddaughter often visits and sleeps in the bedroom that was my friend's. And she laughs and tells my friend's mom, you know what's funny? She always says a man visits her when she's sleeping. Of the fuck course she does. <laughs> I'm a completely irrational person, but the idea that two little girls who've never spoken to each other 30 years apart would make up the same exact story kind of defies coincidence. Uh-huh. Oh, my God. No, 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 no. Oh, this is hilarious. So, like, three comments down, Jennifer pops back in, and she goes, I don't know how to edit my original post, but my friend's wants, friend wants to correct that it was a colonial and not a Victorian <laughs> <laughs> Cheerfully withdrawn. <laughs> cool. Cool, cool, no. cool. No. The whole, like, someone watching you while you sleep is absolutely... That is... More, Look, it's either it creepy or me. it's hot. Well, no, not for me. <laughs> there is no, no situation no. in which that would be hot. On the rare few occasions that it has happened to me where I've woken up and seen somebody watching me, even if it was somebody who did not mean poor. Usually, granted, usually when that happens, it was because I was passed out at a party and then woke up because people were trying to decide whether to decorate me. So <laughs> that's part of it. That might be part of why I have bad feelings about it. <laughs> Yeah, that, that uh, might have been pretty formative for you. 
Yeah, when you're like, oh, I better, I better, I better sober up, or somebody draws a dick on my face with a sharpie. <laughs> <laughs> All right, hit me. Okie dokie. Which one do? By the way, I've noticed. Um, uh, I was listening to a couple of past. Uh, I was listening to our podcast because I like to hear the sound of my own voice. Fair. Um, I've been I've been getting really southern sometimes. You yes yes I have noticed that. <laughs> I don't know what that's about. I think you know it's probably like it's where your brain's going. So you're telling stories about being in Virginia or Florida or mm. you know growing up in the seat of the revolution or whatever the things are that you say <laughs> that I don't understand. <laughs> do you mean where Yorktown where your independence? I was do. What you that's mean? what I. That's exactly what I mean. <laughs> oh man now i want some brunswick stew what All right, tell sorry me, tell wait me no you can't leave on that what the hell is brunswick stew oh <laughs> what isn't brunswick stew? oh no um it, it no 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 it's not it's is not it aspic? all sorts no no aspic involved uh no 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 um, it's like, uh, what you usually see now is shredded pork, but I think the one they made in Yorktown was shredded chicken. Oh, wow. Um, and then it's got like lima beans and corn. Um, it's just soup, but it's yummy. Dude, do you remember when people used to eat succotash? Yes. Yes. <laughs> When's the last time you saw or heard succotash? No, uh, what it's boring. Right, it's right like now. all of the it's all of the vegetables that squeak on your teeth. Like, oh, I was really squeaky. Oh my god, I used to love it though. With enough butter, really, with enough butter, it could make well, it unsqueaky. Listen, <laughs> that's <laughs> it was so good. Oh my god, yeah, my dad loved uh, succotash. We used to eat it constantly. <laughs> wow, you know what? We ate a lot of vegal. What's that? Like just that random mixed vegetables. It's like potatoes and carrots, and um, it's it's a bunch of ch- vegetables chopped real tiny and then soaked in salt water, <gasps> so that by the time you actually eat them, they don't have any kind of nutritional value. Oh no! Are they delicious though? <laughs> ah, they're they're like what you would find on your plate in elementary school. Okay, like, like mixed veg. Yes, mixed veg. Oh mm-hmm. man. Um, weirdly enough, my mom used to like to. Uh, pour the salty veggie water out of it. I mean, I guess it's vegetable broth, kind of. Um, but, like, yeah, she, we would, like, drink it. She would pour half into a glass for me and half into a glass for her, and we'd, like, clink, and then she would make dinner. I used to drink pickle juice sometimes. Oh, wow. Yeah. I made a lot of real questionable choices as a kid. Mm. <laughs> Although I'm not sure drinking pickle juice is one of them. I mean, look. No. A digestive vinegar... Ah. With a little, with a with a soupçon yeah. of cucumber, <laughs> <laughs> and just and just a just a hair of a lifetime of canker sores. <laughs> That's all I can think of when I think about drinking pickle juice. Anytime anybody does picklebacks or anything, I'm like, oh my god, how does the interior of your mouth? Ah, uh, no. Oh, oh yeah. No. Maybe it just makes no, you I immune canker to the rest just, of it. Maybe. Maybe you have to build up a mouth callus. <laughs> ew. Ew. But also hilarious. But ew. This is so much better since I decided to have morning whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Tell me a story, Jen. Funny, which is the one I'm looking for. User Kinja Ninja Ginja says, Finally, I've been waiting all year for this. Here is my story. Two years ago, around late September, early October, I experienced something that I truly believe to be malevolent and paranormal in nature. I was living on the Upper East Side of Manhattan, thank Yorkville. I rented a seriously small first floor front of the building studio apartment, about 350 square feet, maybe less. And it was a loft, so my bed was above the kitchen bathroom. And there was... That's so tiny. It's Did so you tiny. Say, sorry. Three, 350 square yeah. feet? Yeah. Oh, man. New York. Yep. Go on. And there was a giant window out to the street. I also have an eight-pound miniature pincher named Miniature, who thinks she's the ultimate guard dog. <laughs> Setting details. 
One night, I was clicking through the internet watching police brutality videos because the Trayvon Martin case was flooding the media, and I just... Oh, okay. Yeah, I know. I was going to be like, well, that's a choice to make, but yeah. Um, And I just kept clicking on the YouTube suggested videos, torturing myself. Oh, yeah. Somehow, I eventually clicked on some video. I don't even know how I stumbled across this shit, but it looked like a fucking documentary or home video made like... 30 some years ago. I swear this shit was absolutely real. And it definitely dealt with the occult. There was definitely something weird happening. For almost seven minutes, I sat watching this shitty old video. I was pretty confused about what I was watching. And then what can only be described as a child, maybe 10? I don't know. Who was either seriously suffering from the most intense mental disturbance ever or actual demonic possession, started doing horrible things to another child. Oh. And I closed the computer window immediately, shut my computer down, stood up, and paced the fuck out of my apartment for a good 15 minutes. I was shaking and crying, and I wanted to throw up. I couldn't believe what I had just watched. I felt a fear I genuinely cannot explain. I only know it made me feel terror. I called a friend and talked about normal things for a while, not mentioning anything about what I watched, just to clear my mind of it. I had a glass of wine, put my dog up in my loft, and crawled up and went to sleep all normal. Except, around 3 a.m. that night, I was woken up by a very bright, flashing light. I honestly thought someone was taking pictures outside my window. I couldn't see the source of this flashing light, but it wasn't the light from my apartment. Uh, excuse me, but it wasn't the light from my apartment, I could tell, and coming from the window was the only other reasonable option. I lay there, terrified, trying to think of what I should do. Finally, I grabbed the crowbar that I kept next to my bed, crawled down from my loft to peek out of the window. Nothing. I figure, I must be crazy, so I crawl back up to my loft, lay my head down. My TV down below turns on. No. no 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 i hate you sorry uh, i think maybe i uh. maybe i stepped on the remote when i was downstairs i didn't the remote was absolutely on the coffee table i crawl back down turn off the tv stand there for a second to confirm that the tv is in fact off all of a sudden i hear music coming from my loft and my dog no. is whimpering like crazy. I Ugh. crawl back up to find that my iPhone, which is plugged in on the opposite end of my loft, four feet from where I sleep, has started playing music I have never heard before. I freak out, Ugh. grab my dog and my phone, turn on all the lights, and watch Golden Girls until I have to go to work. Excellent choice, by the way. Yeah! Oh. While I'm getting ready to leave for work, my dog continuously barks at nothing in my loft. I go to work. I come back. I unlock my door and open, but something is partially blocking the entrance. My dresser, which sits next to my front door. I have to use all of my weight to push my door and dresser open enough to weasel my way in. My dog is shaking in the corner. I move my dresser. Baby. Oh, baby. Such a brave little baby. I move my dresser oh. back and close the door. I watch the news. My friend comes over. We're hanging out, laughing, catching up. I get up to use the restroom, and when I walk back to the main area, my friend has a horrified look on her face. She says, everything on my coffee table fell over sideways. Like, all at once. And she didn't bump into it or anything. Obviously, Uh. this scares the shit out of me, but I don't mention what happened the night before because, honestly, I just don't want to talk or think about it. My friend leaves. I go to bed. 3 a.m., the bright flashing light, and I hear a knocking on my wall this time. Not from the door, from the wall next to my head. I grab my dog and close my eyes and tell myself it's not real over and over and over until I finally fall asleep. I wake up and feel sick, like irritable and on edge. I get ready for work. My dog is barking at the loft. I leave for work. I come home. I open my door. 
all the books on my bookshelf have not just fallen off, they are scattered around my apartment, on my couch, in my kitchen, throughout my living room, and my coffee table has moved like four feet. I, I sit on my couch in shock, wondering if I've been robbed, but nothing is missing. And my door was locked, and my window was locked. As I'm sitting on the couch, a lamp like five feet away from me breaks, like shatters into pieces. <laughs> I FaceTime one of my BFFs in Texas because I'm just really unsettled and need to talk to a person where I can see them. My friend and I talk for like an hour, laughing, etc., etc., and randomly, I see what looks like a speck out of the corner of my eye. Mind you, this is fall in NYC, where it gets dark well before when I leave for work for the day. So this is not the glare from the sun or anything. I decide not to pay attention to it, but as I continue the conversation with my friend, I see she has a look of horror on her face. Now, I have not mentioned the sinister shit of late at all, so when she tells me she saw a face next to my face... Like a face that looked like it was screaming at my face. I freak the fuck out. I tell her I have to go. I immediately pour a glass of wine and call my very religious cousin and ask her a billion questions about ghosts or whatever. She tells me things that only make me feel more unsettled. So I just ask her to pray or whatever with me right now because I am truly fucking scared. I'm not a religious person, but I urgently felt the need to pray. Yeah. Nothing happened that night. In fact, I made my cousin pray over the phone with me every night for a week. And things happened, though less often with the flashing lights and the knocking and the music playing and things knocking over and my dog barking at nothing. I still felt a very dark, ominous presence. I bought sage to burn. I spoke with a priest. I bought holy water. One night, I came home very drunk from a night out, and my dog was whimpering and running around in a circle, like her bum, oh. like her bum was hurting. Oh, that's poor dog. that poor baby. I picked her up and just started yelling, "Listen, fucker, I'm moving out in like two months, asshole. I don't give a shit about you. You don't scare me at all. And if you fuck with my dog, I will find a way to fucking kill you, whoever you are." Understand? Now go the fuck away. And I then think I crawled up to my loft with my dog and passed the fuck out. Ugh. I wasn't much afraid of the thing after that. I didn't like it, but it didn't fuck with my dog ever again. And I did move out two months later. And I do not watch random YouTube videos anymore. <sighs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. There was a, when she said she saw the face next to her face and it was screaming at my face, mm. I almost cried. Mm. That is Can so, you imagine being the friend so... on the other end of that? No. No. Look, if there is a oh chance that that could be happening for you, please never FaceTime me. <laughs> <laughs> I really need that to never happen. <laughs> Please keep your hauntings to yourself. Truly. <laughs> Social distancing for real. Oh god. Uh, um I would actually I would like to tell a, a scary person story that's my own story. Oh my god, yes, please. That I just thought about. Okay. So um a couple years ago, oh, probably like five years ago, um, a bunch of girls that I went to high school with, uh, okay, let me back this up. When I moved to New York, uh, I was one of the first people from my, from my high school to move up here. Mm -hmm. And then gradually more people moved up and, um, a lot of them were people who I had known, but wasn't super tight with. And then I wound up getting much closer with these people who I knew in high school, but we were different. They were like band people and we were chorus people, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, and like such great, funny, creative people. Um, hi. Okay. So you'd go up to the finger lakes. That's never happened before. Yeah. That's real weird. Um, now my phone is haunted. No. 
Oh no, it's the ring. Oh god damn. <laughs> Let me tell you, the but, first time I saw that movie, I was so happy that I watched it on a very low quality device where I kind of had no idea what was <laughs> happening. <laughs> I basically Napstered it and it was really grainy and I'm so happy because when I watched it in earnest oh in quality, I was like, oh my god, my heart would have stopped. <laughs> nope. 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 I um when I watched The Grudge, I basically watched it oh. through my shirt. Yeah, that's what I do. That's what I do. Because there's no rules in that movie. Nope. Like it's just like, oh, you were around something, and now a hand could come out of your hair. Yes, yes. No. The Grudge scared the shit no. out of me. Oh my god, it's very scary. Real scary. And I cannot do. I cannot do the original Japanese versions of the scary things. Nope. I can't. It's too much. They're so like I don't know what the fuck is going on in Japan that they they're like, yeah, this is fine. <laughs> yes. Oh, anyway. Starting you over go up to the Finger Lakes. Uh, yeah, so um, we were going to like get a party bus and go to all these different wineries and a couple distilleries and just like hang out for two or three days. Probably three days because the Finger Lakes is kind of a drive. I, wanna, I, think, I think it felt like it was like five hours. I don't know. Um, but Ithaca, um, which by the way, Ithaca's motto because they have um, lots of beautiful. I was just going to uh, say it for geez. you. <laughs> Yeah, they have lots of beautiful geographical um, uh, features. Jen, tell us about Ithaca. Ithaca is gorgeous! <laughs> so many gorges. So many gorges. Uh, so we were going to go see the gorges. We'll be here all quarantine. Um, <laughs> uh, oh my god. Tip your waitress, try the veal. <laughs> Oh, I'm just kidding. There's no waitresses anymore. Lalsab. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Morning whiskey. So, um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was the I I like to hunt the internet for things, and so I was I was the one who found us the vacation rental. This was before Airbnb, so it was a VRBO. And um, it looks beautiful, and it looks right near where we wanted to be. Um, we pull up, and it becomes immediately apparent to us that our actual little cottage is attached to a giant house, like a giant house. I don't use this word lightly. It was a compound. This place, it was like acres and acres and acres. We pulled up. There was like a blonde 20 year old mowing the lawn and he like waved at us. And then, um, we pull up to the door. So the first thing we notice is that our house is attached to the other house that was not featured anywhere. Um, the second thing we noticed was that there were a ton of kids toys everywhere and no children. Like, um, there were like a, like a basketball hoop, but like a little one for little kids. And there were like, um, piles of balls and stuff. And this was like just adjacent to where the door to our cottage was. Um, and the, there was a separate entrance for our cottage, but it was attached. Um, and the door that, the, that you would go into the other compound part of the, I mean, so big must have been like 15 bedrooms. It was huge. Um, and then, like, farm around it. So, anyway, we met the lady. Uh, she let us in. She gave us keys. Um, the first weird thing that happened was we went out to a, a place for dinner. And then uh, I guess we had cracked some windows. Um, and when we came back, it was pouring. And it was pouring so hard that we had to take, like, three different detours to avoid going through floods. Ooh. So we got back to the place. Um, and the woman had come in and closed the windows. Now, here's the thing. I understand that. You want to protect your property. If you've given me the key, why are you fucking coming in here? Like, call us at the very least and say, I came in and shut the windows because I didn't want your stuff to get wet. Yeah, that's fine. But for to not say anything about it, mm-hmm. weird. Um, other weird thing. I mean, this is weird in itself, but uh, my friend Angela had a bunny. She had a pretty little old lady lop bunny um, named Greta. And she Greta. came with us and had her little corner set up she was the sweetest and like Greta doesn't like people Greta's an old ass bunny who just wants to live out her bunny life wiggling her little nose and eating watermelon like she does not want to hang out with people and the lady had kept asking like can the kids come play with your bunny and she was like no especially not children with this oh, old no. bunny Mm-mm. they'll break her Mm-mm. 
Um, so the first thing we were like checking on Greta, making sure she was fine. Um, but like, I'm sure that if she came in to shut the window, she brought children in there again. I would like to add still have not seen or heard any children. Um, the next morning, uh, I'm outside having a cigarette and, um, which by the way, I just, I quit smoking recently. So good on me. Good uh, on I'm you. A cigarette Thanks, Wilbutrin. And <laughs> yay. Um, this car pulls up. And, like, a fuck ton of people just sort of pile out of it. And this lady looks over at us, and she was like, hey, uh, there's no smoking on the property. I'm sure my sister told you that. And I was like, your sister? They were not sisters. This was a sister-wife situation, for goddamn sure. For goddamn sure. It was, like, houses straight out of big love. Oh, and no. I would like to, I would like to back this up by saying, People's family structure is none of my business. I'm all about people who are poly. I'm all about all of that stuff. But the specifically polygamist where right, Mormonism right, is concerned and the patriarchy yeah, yeah. really yes. fucking cr- like cranks my craw. Um, that's not a term, but it is now. I like it. Uh, also, <laughs> nobody ever told me I could not smoke on the entire property. I would never smoke in the house. But I so I started walking like a an eight minute walk to go down to the, the road. Cause it was far to have a cigarette on a wine tasting weekend where I was drunk the whole time. <laughs> and again, no children. You would have thought at this point we would have seen a child, no children, just lots of toys and, and always some blonde guy doing something, mowing the lawn or like, I don't know. Um, <laughs> sheafing wheat who knows I don't know um <laughs> so eventually we uh I don't know if it's the second night or the third night but we come home with lots and lots of boxes um we park the car right outside and everybody's unloading stuff I'm the only one outside everyone else is inside I am getting the last of the bags and all of a sudden a dog just runs out of the hedges right next to the car. Oh, my God. And that scared me. And then behind the dog lumbers a giant man, like six foot four, (laughs) very tall, older, like very tall um, and very gangly, like long arms. Like he's clearly been alive for like 55 years and has not figured out his body. (laughs) So he's like (laughs) bumbling after the fucking dog. And I was like, oh, gosh, you startled me. And he was like, oh, you must be the renters. No shit, dude, unless you had another sister wife that you fucking forgot about. Like, <laughs> naturally, what is happening? <gasps> right. So I was like, oh, yeah, hey, we're having a nice time. Like my immediate reaction when it's nighttime and a man that I don't want to be talking to is talking to me. Oh. My voice gets really high and I try to manage him like I'm talking to a kindergartner. Sure. That's what that's what happens. And it usually works. Um, so, uh, I was like, oh, well, we had a nice time. And he was like, oh, you got lots of wine, huh? And I was like, yeah, we're on a wine tour. You know, there's lots of wineries around here. And he was like, oh, are you guys going to drink all of that? And I was like, oh, not tonight, but eventually. Like, no, I just like to look at it. I like bottles. (laughs) I have a thing for bottles. Uh, and then, and then he was like, well, what are you guys doing later? And I was like, oh, there's supposed to be a meteor shower tonight. I think we were going to wander around, find a dark spot and watch the meteors. Um, and he was like, oh, that sounds like fun. Are you a natural redhead? Uh, no. Again, that feeling like I thought I was eating hot soup, but it was a giant icicle. Oh, like, no. Oh, no, no, no. And so I started talking really loud, trying to see if anybody in the apartment, into the cottage, could see or hear me. But they were all cracking open everything that they had gotten. I was Shit. just getting the last bags. Oh, no. Uh, and I was like, blah, blah, blah. And then I was like, no, ha, ha, hair like this doesn't exist in nature. Ha, ha, ha. This is my little mermaid look. Ha, 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 ha. Ha, 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 ha. And so finally, I don't remember the rest of it. God, I wish, I wish I could, because whatever it was, was just more creepy. Um, yeah. And I, so yeah. I come in and I gather, I, before I even gathered everybody, I went and I closed all of the windows so that we could talk without 
anybody outside hearing anything. And then I made everyone come into like the most interior room. Like I'm closing all the windows. People are like, what are you doing? What are you doing? And I just gave them big eyes, which I got to tell you, that's something women understand. I'm not saying that only women understand, but I'm going to say cisgender guys, when you give the big eyes, they're like, what's happening with your eyes? Not like, right. Why are you looking crazy? Because you've done something (laughs) awful. (laughs) Or, or I need to tell you something or like, right. if you big eye, if you big eyes at somebody and then you look pointedly at yes. a spot, that means I need you to look Ex- at this spot. Yes. So everybody understood what was happening, like that I needed to talk about something. So like we all huddled and I told them what had happened. Um, and so we went around and like, we put down all the shades and then we realized <clears throat> that the front door was completely glass and had no curtain across it. Before it was charming. And now all of a sudden there was no way to hide from this man. So uh, we were like, oh, we tried to, we were drinking some more. We're like, that's fine. I'm sure it's fine. We made some sister wife jokes. We made some creepy man jokes. And then, and then at the door with the fucking dog comes this guy again. Um, I did not open it. He's got two bottles of wine with him under one arm and a stack of solo cups in the other. And he was like, Hey, I thought we could all watch the meteor shower together. Nope. Oh, open the door. Open the door. Oh, no. And I was like, Oh, I don't think that's a great idea. And then I guess maybe we didn't lock the door or something, but he opened it and was trying to let the dog in. Oh, my God. So I was like, oh, I'm allergic to dogs. And I, I'm sorry, dog, but I kicked the dog in the face. Um, I, I was like, oh, that, we're allergic and there's like a bunny the in here. one time that it's <laughs> complete. If someone is using their dog as a tool to hurt you, Girl. <laughs> to hunt you, yeah, kick oh. that dog in the face. <laughs> so... And, and like, I was at the forefront of this because I had already interacted with him, but suddenly I had like a phalanx of badass bitches behind me and they're like, oh no, sorry. We all decided to go to bed real early. And yeah. You can't bring the dog in here because we've got the bunny and she's allergic. So real sorry. And he was like, but I brought wine, ladies. Oh no. Huh? And maybe he was also drunk. Like he was weirder than he was when I saw him oh, the first no, time. I hate it. I know. I know. So... Yeah, so then, um, uh, and that was a long interaction. That was not how I just, like, just, like, wham, bam, dog almost came in, he left. No. It took a long time to get him to go away. And then, like, we still wanted to see the meteor shower, but more, like, we wanted to get away from the place so that we could talk about what we were going to do. So we took a walk down to the road, all of us took a walk down to the road, um, and as we were walking away... We could see his shadow fucking pacing back and forth on the top floor of this giant compound and then like going into a room and turning on music and then turning off the music and going into another room and looking out the windows. Um, So, I mean, emotionally shitting ourselves. Um, And also there was barely any cell service. Oh, my God. So we had uh, we had a couple of choices. We could either choose to spend the rest of the night there, or we could pack up all our shit and hope to find a hotel, but who even would know? And we were all tired and slightly drunk, so it wasn't like we were ready to drive anywhere. Um, somebody called one of their boyfriends or husbands, and we talked about it, and he was like, just lock everything. Like just lock everything and put things in front of things and everybody, you know, maybe everybody sleep in one room. Like he, he was like, I don't know what to tell you, but it doesn't sound like you can drive anywhere and I can't come help you. And if you guys all get in a car and drive away and you wind up in with someplace with no cell service, you're fucked. Yeah. So none of us really slept that night. Terrifying. Yeah. And nothing else happened beyond that. We did get high and watch the meteors, which was great. Um, and then the next morning the wife came to like pick everything up. I was like, chirpy, chirpy, chirp. How is everything? Boo, boo, boo. And I, I was like, this woman has my credit card number. She has my address. 
Like, if I complained to her about her creep-ass husband, who knows what she could do. So I didn't even leave a bad review. I like, was just going to say, oh, my God. No. I felt completely hogtied. Anyway, that's my story. I'm sorry it doesn't have a real snappy oh, ending. Oh, God, but... I hate it. Ah, oh, people do better. Just you do a better. natural redhead. Oh, God. I've never felt so looked at in my entire yeah. life. Yeah. Oh, that's dreadful. Oof. That's dreadful. I mean, ugh. I have a story kind of like that, but it doesn't, I mean, it doesn't play out so horror movie. It more just plays out like the endless stream of news that we get on uh, what a shit show it is to be a woman. Um, yeah. It was it was horrible. I was on a train. I was on an NJ Transit train. Um, not even like a relatively unoccupied NJ Transit train. And I ended mm-hmm. up sometimes comforting, some, sometimes terrifying. Yeah, which I usually was like, great, get away from me, people. I'm more than happy to just be here alone. Um, and there was an a, a mut like an elderly man sitting near me. And very much had, like, grandfatherly energy. And he was chatting with me. And I decided to have a conversation with a stranger because open up your heart and live life, right? Oh, that's how, that's how I was when I moved to New York. <laughs> well, I was pretty young when this happened. I think this might have happened. Mm. Uh, well, this might have been, like, oh, oh nine. Might have been 09, so I was 25. Uh-huh. And uh, and so he's sitting next to me, and, you know, we're just chatting, and it's pleasant. And I'm like, I'm like, good job, me, sitting down making an old man's day. Great, great. Good job. <laughs> pat, pat, pat. Then, insidiously... I can't tell you. It was so slithery. Oh, it was insidious and slithery and calculated and horrible, grotesque. Um, how he turned the conversation towards me sexually. Oh, and it happened so deftly. That I had to do like a mental double take, like, whoa, where, where did I give him the impression that right. this was what was happening? And like, oh, it was, he was like asking me like probing questions that I, and I was in such a freeze that I I felt like I couldn't blink. I couldn't breathe. I certainly couldn't respond to him. And he took... Oh, baby. He took such disgusting joy in the fact that he had so unnerved me. And like... and And he just... He just kept going. And I feel like the first... Like, the first question, I was like, oh, he's old and adult. Maybe he doesn't. So I, like, you know, gently redirected. And then he started getting more and more and more pointed. And I was on my way to work. In fact, I might have told you about this fucking 10, 11 years ago. Um, I was on my way to work. And I remember the second that it stopped, uh, the, the second that the train stopped, I ran so quickly and like I I just tried to put so much distance between he and I um Ugh. and I when I could still see him like my heart was just fluttering like a bird and when I finally got to the store um it might have been you like hey are you okay and I just started bawling and I was like oh my god this is what just happened on the train I think I was assaulted this is terrifying and it, it happened, it just, the way that it was calculated and executed was so, it it was so nefarious, you know? Uh, it wasn't some guy God. just yelling at you because he had an impulse. It was like this man laid the fucking groundwork. 
Oh, yeah. It was... He mini-groomed you. Oh, yeah. my God. It was terrible. It was terrible. It was awful. Yeah. Oh, I'm so mad that that happened to you. Yeah, me too. It was... It was... That that person did that to you. Oh, my God. And it's probably still doing it to somebody right now. Yeah. Well, maybe he's dead now. Maybe that fucker's Yay. dead now. We can only Bye. hope... God. Yeah, he was. He was old. He was solidly in his 70s, if not 80s. That was, it was so disarming. I I would like very much to speak up for wishing people dead. Like, <laughs> I honestly, like, we don't all need to be alive. Some people are shitty. Some people are made of shit. Concur. Some people are made of shit and aren't going to get any fucking better and goodbye. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I, um, I have cheered on occasion when people have died. Uh, I had... Um, I had a, a teacher in high school that I won't really go into, but I heard he died and it was just like that, like, and I felt nothing like and I felt from chorus nothing. line. <laughs> yeah. Except, except I didn't feel nothing. I felt joy. I was like, Oh good. He can stop making people sad and feel terrible now. Yeah. They're, look. Gross. That's so gross. There has to be a light and a dark. And the light is that for some people, not being in their lives anymore is a wonderful thing. I do think that there's more light than dark, which is good. I go back and forth. I used to be very, I used to say I was very Anne Frank, like, oh, people are basically good and we're all here to help each other. But I mean, no, someone's always waiting around the corner to take advantage of you, especially if you're you and me. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Do you look like a campus kid? I have a bridge to sell you. Also, I would like to sell you into human trafficking. (laughs) Would you like to be my sister wife? Uh, No? Cool. I'm kidnapping you anyway. Um, uh, However, here we are and our hearts are still big and open. They are. It's because we work to make it that way. You know, yeah. like we, we work, we work hard to combat that. Um, I have another terrible person story, although it ends a sure. little bit funny. <laughs> I'm in. Okay. The story, it's from Gin and Chronic. Hey. <laughs> <sighs> I'm sorry. That was a good chuckle. Go on. This story isn't supernatural, but it's 100% true and probably the closest I've knowingly come to being in serious trouble. After I graduated college, I decided that the only thing for me to do would be to go to Japan and teach English. I would be a foreign woman living alone, but Japan has a reputation for being super safe, and indeed, the first year or so I lived there, all the normal precautions I was trained to take in the States just melted away. Little by little, I started walking home at night alone, started taking shortcuts through dark, deserted streets, started wearing my headphones all the time and not paying attention to my surroundings because no one was really taking much notice of me anyway, except the occasional stare that comes from being a white woman in a suburb that had maybe 10 Westerners in it altogether. One warm summer night, I decided that a walk to get some groceries would be nice. And not to my local grocery store, but the one that was three miles away via a back road shortcut. Because exercise. (laughs) As I was walking back, (laughs) laden with groceries, relaxed, headphones in, podcast on, I was noticing the sort of greenish cast of the streetlights against a wall I I was walking next to. The lights were at my back, so my shadow was projected in front of me. Now, I don't know if this is something other people do, but in the States, whenever I saw my shadow in front of me on the street at night, I would always try to pay attention to whether there was another human-shaped shadow behind it. Because that would mean some... Yep, 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 can confirm. That would mean someone was following me, maybe ready to attack. Right then, I was doing it mostly idly, though, because this was a sleepy residential neighborhood. Absolutely no one out and about. So I felt paradoxically kind of safe. And then... I fucking saw it. Another shadow behind mine coming up fast. Hey! 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 A young man sort of chirped at me in Japanese, practically skipping up beside me, eager, insistent, acting nothing like any of the other hundreds, if not thousands, of polite, reserved, even shy Japanese people I had interacted with up until then. Hey! He said in Japanese, let's play! Play with me! 
I had never gotten so much as a cat call in Japan, let alone a request for company from a strange man who had found and followed me in the dark. <sighs> Panic flooded me as I realized this guy was maybe a little off, a little unpredictable. I had no idea what he would do. Since it was late at night and the only available light was behind him, I could not see his face. I could only tell that his hair was white or maybe even very pale blonde, which is uncommon even in major cities in Japan. It had taken on a sort of washed-out greenish tint in the glow of the streetlights and only added to the eeriness of his demeanor. By now, I was shaking, walking as fast as I could. My mind had gone blank. I couldn't remember any of my Japanese. I couldn't remember even what I was supposed to do physically to ward off any kind of attack. I didn't think I could overpower him. I almost certainly couldn't outrun him. But then, like some sort of B-movie, a Japanese lesson I had literally had just days ago about how to tell someone to leave you alone flashed through my mind. Please go away, I said in Japanese as firmly as I could with my voice quivering as much as it was. He said something I didn't catch. I repeated, please go away, please go away, like some sort of reverse Bloody Mary. He stopped. <laughs> I walked on a bit, then looked over my shoulder. He was still standing there watching me. I kept going. I looked back again a few moments later, just as I turned a corner, and he was gone. When I got back home, two things occurred to me that I had not noticed or remembered in my panic. The first was a fairly recent murder of an English teacher in Chiba Free Prefecture, just an hour, just a two-hour train ride from where I lived. She had been murdered by her student and her body disposed of in concrete in a bathtub on his balcony. As of that night, the murderer was still at large, and it was believed he had somehow changed his appearance to elude authorities. Uh, and the second thing that occurred to me was that I had misremembered the Japanese lesson. I had switched around two oh. sounds in the keyword go away. What I was actually firmly telling my pursuer was, please give me a toilet. <laughs> anyway, it worked. Oh. <laughs> wow. I've always heard that you can maybe out crazy somebody, but I that takes some balls. That's it takes balls. Yeah. Amazing that she just accidentally did it. That's so yeah. Crazy. Yeah, right? Exactly. Oh, ow. Give what me a, a toilet. Give me a toilet. Okay. <laughs> I mean, noted. I'm going to put that one in the in the bag of tricks. <laughs> oh, <Right>. Jen. <laughs> I love you. I Everything's love you. so weird. Everything is so fucking weird. Yeah, I don't love it. But I love you and I love this outlet. I love you. I love, I love, I love this toilet. No, outlet. Yeah. I mean, please go away. Yes. Uh, also, a quick shout out to, I think I may have before, but Lucky Honeybee and Cannibal in Jersey City. If you're in, uh, especially if you're in downtown Jersey City, but um, uh, I know that Cannibal, K-A-N-I-B-A-L, is still delivering home and body products locally, including Lucky Honeybee's wonderful candles. So if you, and um, I think that she also sells some hand sanitizer. So if you are stuck in your place in Jersey City and you want to make your house smell awesome with eco-friendly handmade soy candles and other beautiful soaps and stuff, um, K-A-N-I-B-A-L and uh, the Lucky Honeybee is who you want. Yay! We love you. Thank you for your support and also for making such really good candles. We love you so much. Um, I don't have any recommendations. I'm completely torn apart. I don't know how to do anything anymore. <laughs> What's my recommendation? My recommendation is to take a bath. <laughs> oh, Yes, indeed. That's a great recommendation. And maybe, what do I have 
on the books. My recommendation is that you tell us your stories. <laughs> I know. What the shit, you guys? There are so many people who are listening and having such a great time. And I know some of you have some, like, deeply disturbing and wonderful stories. Oh, man. That makes me f- have even more FOMO about them. I want to hear the wonderful I'm gonna disturbing start... shit. Don't make me start, like, <laughs> DMing you. <laughs> Let's slide into your DMs. We will. Do you know what's funny? This has this has nothing to do with anything, but the nail polish color that I chose uh, um, recently, I think I was actually with you when I bought it. It reminds me so much of my mom, and it makes my hands look like my mom's hands, oh, and not in a bad way. In a nice And I can't way. decide. Yeah, it's mostly nice. That's Especially in a time right where everybody's like, hands are all crusty from washing them so much. Like, my hands oh look my pretty. All right, I love you I love most. you. Mm, this is great. I'm giving you a big hug for your ears. Oh, just that's all we can do is hug each other with ears right now. We can't touch each other. That's it. Ear Look, hugs dude, for you. We're ahead of the curve, man. <laughs> <laughs> all the fucks. All the fucks. Every last one. Keep giving them. We'll keep taking them. <laughs> <laughs> love you. Bye.